everyone. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jewels. Winter is coming. And winter in Iceland often has potential visitors shaking in their boots. And to be fair, the country is called Iceland after all, so I completely understand. But I feel like what people are most worried about has to do with the weather conditions and if winter is even a good time for them to visit. So when this episode is published, we are in autumn, so winter is fast approaching, but we're, you know, going through that in-between stage in Iceland where it's relatively quick fall, but it is a time in which we really start to see a change in the daylight hours and, of course, temperature. While you might be tempted to shy away from exploring this island during the winter season, I made it my goal, my aim in essence, to share with you why Iceland is worth visiting during winter, despite some of the potential challenging conditions. Because I do understand that and I will definitely go into explaining how you can navigate those in order to have an amazing time. Because it is wonderful and beautiful here, but of course, you know, there's always helpful things to know. So in order to make this episode just easier for me in terms of organization and for you in terms of listening, I've segmented it. And if you end up going on to allthingsiceland.com for any of the links that I will talk about or share, then you can be able to navigate easily to the section that you want to be able, you know, to get information from. And you can go directly to my website, allthingsiceland.com forward slash Iceland dash winter dash tips or of course wherever you're listening to this on on the whatever platform if they have notes or a description then more than likely whatever I'm talking about will be there but if not like I mentioned you can use that exact website url but let's just jump into it so what is Iceland like in winter great question and that's what everybody wants to know if they've never been here so just for a moment if you can Imagine a world painted in shades of white, blue, and even gold, especially when the sun is at a certain point in the sky. Snow-capped mountains that stand against a backdrop of golden-hued skies and frosted landscapes that span as far as the eye can see, lining the roads. Fully or even half-frozen waterfalls look like works of a sculptor that just suspended this frozen water in the air, almost feeling like it was a magic trick, and steam rising mysteriously from geothermal pools amidst the snowy expanse. That's Iceland in winter, in a nutshell. A beautiful wonderland that offers otherworldly landscapes literally at every turn. And this is why I absolutely love winter in Iceland. And I'm not a person that likes to be cold, so... Take that, you know, for what it's worth in terms of how it seems to be a bit of a contradiction. But I do find that winter here is just gives me a different feeling that I enjoy. Granted, I don't like being out too long. Like I mentioned, I don't want to be cold. But exploring the landscapes, driving around, all of that is extra beautiful. One of the most distinct features of Icelandic winters is our prolonged darkness. Our shortest day of the year is on December 21st. So the winter solstice and in Reykjavik, we're looking at around four hours of when the sun is actually above the horizon. That, of course, for many people sounds insane. And, you know, to be honest, my first couple of years, I thought it was insane, too, because 
why, right? But there are, you know, pros and cons to it. The biggest con being that there aren't as many hours in the day to do things, but we'll talk, you know, of course, more about the pros a little later on. But these short daylight hours don't have to hinder you from having a great time. When the sun is up, it is like the soft illumination that casts on the landscapes in these really beautiful hues. And it makes every moment kind of feel like golden hour. And of course, during the night, the snow and the ice, if we have a decent amount of it, it actually makes it feel like it's not as dark, even though we're having, you know, prolonged dark nights. Plus, long dark nights mean that you have more hours to potentially see the northern lights. And who doesn't want that? Because when they come out to dance, believe me, you want to be there. And having more chances, more possibilities is something everybody's looking for because I've known some people who have come and unfortunately they've come several times and didn't get a chance to see the Northern Lights. So if you are coming or planning to come or have been wishing or, you know, on the fence and this is kind of convincing you, I cross my fingers for you <laughs> that you can see the Northern Lights because they are great. But winter is the only time in which you can see them. In terms of the months, the winter months in Iceland, they span from November to March, with December and January being the darkest and coldest months normally. This is you know, an average. And this is the ideal period, of course, to come and experience Iceland during the season. And holiday-wise, for those who celebrate Christmas, it's a huge time in December. And I talk about that a little bit later as well regarding festive, fun. It might be chilly, but at least you're distracted by all the pretty lights and the fascinating stories that are happening during this time of year that have to do with the holiday. The average temperature range in the capital area is around zero degrees Celsius or 32 degrees Fahrenheit. It can be a bit chillier in the north. I'm talking about in the negatives when it comes to Celsius and below 32 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, which is below zero Celsius. So yeah, that can be a little cold as you go farther north, but that's just something that you pack for. And it is nice though that the weather here is quite mild. Now, when it comes to wind and things like that, it can make it feel much colder than what the temperature is showing. So wind chill factor, as many of you might be aware of, depending on like, you know, how your weather forecaster talks about it. We have though had some cold spells from time to time in the past. And I will talk about that a little bit later too, because whew, last year was not fun, but generally we don't have it being like super cold in Reykjavik or at least in certain areas of the South. And that's a bit comforting. So just keep that in mind. When it comes to driving around Iceland, here are some, some top tips that you can just write down or you know keep in the back of your head when it comes to winter. Always stay updated about the weather. Always. So there's the Icelandic Meteorological Office. And they have weather updates. I use another app called, uh, it's a Norwegian one. So it's yr.no. It's actual URL. And it's amazing. So I use that actually more than the meteorological one and from Iceland. And that's only because that app can be glitchy. So just <laughs> one thing to notice is that you might have a favorite app that you find is quite helpful but here it's funny that like some of the ones even from a different country could be even better or on par with the Icelandic one and it can get very icy on the roads it can get icy on the sidewalks too but you're not driving on those so on the roads 
So, of course, driving slower, reduce speeds if you need to, you know, drive at a level in which you feel comfortable. And I'm saying that because it can often when you're in another place and you see people driving faster, you get into this mode of being like, oh, I got to hurry up or someone's behind me or whatever. And I mentioned this actually in another episode that my mom, my grandfather would always tell my mom, drive at the speed in which you can control your car. And I recommend that too, right? Like you don't want to be at a place, especially if you're in a car that you're not used to because you rented a car and you end up, you know, spinning or something else or just because you were trying to go too fast or didn't realize how icy it was in the road. So just be very careful. And during the daylight, even though we have few precious hours, daylight driving during winter can also be a little challenging. So the funny thing is that the sun, yes, it's up in the sky. It isn't, it doesn't go as high. So it's, it's interesting that it stays at a level that can sometimes be the most annoying where it's right in your eyes when you're driving. <laughs> I don't, I'm always like, why? And even if you put the visor down, there have been times where you put down the visor and it hasn't been enough. So make sure you bring your sunglasses too. And so just that those types of conditions can make it harder for you to see. If you need to slow down, you know, do what you need to do. But I'm just sharing that as well because it is something that most people aren't aware of. And it's something that drivers here, including myself, contend with during the wintertime. Having an emergency kit. So, of course, the rental car companies, they provide, you know, things that they think you would need that are necessary if, if something were to happen. But just for yourself, even having like a, fl- a small flashlight, snacks, a first aid kit, a travel first aid kit, those are really smart because things can happen. Thankfully, you know, for the majority of tourists, they do not. But better to be safe than sorry. When it comes to street lights in Iceland, there are a plethora of them in the Reykjavik area or heavily populated areas. But once you start to get out to the countryside, that diminishes significantly. So long stretches of road in which there won't be any street lights and you have to rely on your usual bright lights, your headlights. And of course, if you're coming up against another car, turning those off, things like that. But one thing to keep in mind is that driving at night can be very tiring on your eyes because other people are shining their, you know, bright head beams and turning them off and on. But still, you see it and can, you know, mess with your vision a little bit if they do it too late. So I try to maximize driving during the day if absolutely, you know, whenever I absolutely can. And then not doing too many long stretches of driving at night just so my eyes aren't getting terribly tired. Everybody's different. For you, it could be like, no big deal. You don't mind (laughs) driving long stretches of seeing, you know, the specks of light that are quite bright and really amongst the dark landscape. But for those who do like to keep that in mind, it's just helpful to realize that this is going to be a part of the driving experience if you do decide to rent a car. Now, when it comes to renting the car, it is not absolutely necessary to have a four by four, but, and I say but, I personally like having one. And I've been driving during the winter with a 4x4 vehicle, which has been great. And I'll tell you why. So in Reykjavik, it's, it's not necessary. You don't have to. I mean, I, I travel a decent amount to parts of the country. But even in Reykjavik, at times where we get thick ice, if the car is too low to the ground, you can end up finding that it could scrape underneath. And so having, you know, SUV or some kind of car like that, and with the 4x4 capability, if you need to use all of your tires, helps a lot and gives you a lot more space in between your car and the ground. 
in the countryside, I do find it a lot more necessary to drive a 4x4 vehicle. So I would recommend that. And if you're curious about what kind of car I drive, so I've been partnering, and many people know this in some of my other episodes, with Go Car Rental Iceland. I absolutely love working with them. My listeners, like many of you who have rented through them, have had a great experience. And that's because they have great customer service. First of all, that was a huge thing for me with partnering with anybody is like, I want to have experienced it first. And also I want to, you know, my listeners, if they're going to use them to feel like they're getting great treatment, because that's what they deserve. All of us do. And they have a large variety of cars and competitive rates. So if you're, you know, would like to use them, then you can use my code Iceland10 to save 10% on your full rental cost with them. And if you're curious about the car that I drive, I will have a link to it, of course, in the description, but it's called the Mitsubishi Eclipse. And I think it's a PHEV. So it's a, this hybrid car and it's great. I really like it. Most, if not all of the rental car companies put studded tires on the cars. So if you're worried about traction, the rental car companies are also worried about you having traction. (laughs) So they make sure to put these studded tires on the car so that when you're out in the countryside, in the Reykjavik, wherever, you have the traction needed to be able to handle the, the icy roads. Because especially when we get into like December and January, it gets a bit, in February too, it gets a bit icy to the point where it looks like it could be a little scary. But the studded tires do an amazing job. For those who want to travel around Iceland during the winter, it's totally doable. And I will just say, though, there's always a couple of places where it would be a bit tricky if you wanted to go there. So the West Fjords and the East Fjords. So those ends of the country that are actually the oldest parts of Iceland and they have really deep fjords, they can often get snowed in. And I'm talking about like snow that's so much that it's above your door and you have to dig your way out. (laughs) These are in very remote areas. So for those who get you know, a little bit worried hearing that this is not Reykjavik. It's very far from there. And like I mentioned, very remote. And those people are used to those conditions. So, you know, if you want that experience or or just want to go see those areas pretty badly, just know that some roads might be totally snowed in and, and closed. And that's just how it is, you know, for this area. That's what people expect. So it's better to stick to the ring road, Route 1, and this will take you to places like Snaffles Peninsula, of course, the South Coast, in the north, like in Akureyri, the Diamond Circle, parts of the east, more limited, of course, east-wise, southeast to Yokosalan, the Glacier Lagoon, and Vatnajökull National Park, the Golden Circle, around Reykjanes Peninsula, which is where the Blue Lagoon is, all those places, easily accessible, you know, unless we have some big storm and people tell you to stay off the road, which is fair. But other than that, you really have still a lot of options. And like I mentioned, a 4x4 would be great for the winter time for that, just so that you have the extra power in your car and traction and everything for icy, snowy roads. Some of the most fun activities to do in winter here have to do with are definitely ice caving, because who does not want to explore a mesmerizing blue ice cave? I mean, they're insane it's just every time it gets me when i see them glacier hiking so glacier hiking in summer or winter is great but the glacier looks different in these different seasons and i think both are worthwhile so so go for it if you're going to come in the winter time snowmobiling 
again, you could do it both in summer or winter, but different experience. Relaxing geothermal pools, people do this too in the summertime. It gives it a more cozy feeling when it's in the winter because you really get that stark difference between how cold it is outside and how warm it is in the pool. So soak it up being surrounded by snow and just feeling nice and warm. And of course, these are just the best activities I'm you know, mentioning, but the Northern Lights, as I'd mentioned before, absolutely fantastic. And we've already had great displays of them. So the official Northern Lights season, if you will, kicks off in October. But as early as late August, it is possible to see them. Much less of a possibility than you would in October, November, December, January, February, March. However, like I mentioned, people have already been seeing them, including myself. So, you know, you might get lucky if you come during a different time. But winter is much better of a chance. And I always have to say that. And I actually have a Northern Lights episode that I will link to in this description. And it's called How and Where to See the Northern Lights in Iceland. So it gives you background information in terms of science, how Northern Lights even happened in the first place, and places, like I mentioned, where you can go and how to even take a decent picture of the Northern Lights if you have a smartphone or a decent video using a time-lapse feature. So that's really fun. I have some some great time lapses from being able to capture them in the past. So either you look, you find that that link in the description or you can go to allthingsiceland.com forward slash northern dash light dash Iceland. The events happening during winter in Iceland. So Christmas, as I would alluded to earlier, like Christmas markets, Christmas buffets. Oh my goodness, the Christmas buffets are insane. They're so good. I'm really looking forward to that this year, <laughs> just like going all out to every buffet that has vegan options. But a lot of them are more geared towards meat and, you know, people who are who are eating all all the foods, they're more geared towards those people. But there are vegan ones, too, or vegetarian options. So don't think that they keep us out of it because we like to eat, too. <laughs> and even ice skating at Ingolstorch downtown. I will say about that ice skating rink. For those who are used to the super smooth ice skating rinks, that is not it. Like this one is a way more bumpy, I guess is a good way of saying uneven. I, I'll say that's uneven. They don't use a, I believe it's called a Zamboni. So forgive me if I say this wrong <laughs> because I'm not looking it up at the moment. And when I wrote these notes, they didn't pop into my head, but a Zamboni, I'll just say that's right. To smooth the surface, they are using like a, a shovel and they're patting down <laughs> the area in like a brush or something. So the, even the best ice skaters, because I'm, I'm quite good actually ice skating. I really love it. But even someone who's really experienced ice skating will find that they are constantly having to catch their balance. Do it at your own risk. Or you can just enjoy watching people do it You know, as you walk by. It still adds to the Christmas spirit. New Year's. This is a huge event in downtown Reykjavik. It's a huge event around the country, but it's literally a blast literally and figuratively. So people are having a great time and then there's tons of fireworks that are being shot up. So blast all the way around. It's a lot of fun. And then another winter activity that's open to the public are um, is the Winter Lights Festival. So that happens in February though, usually, and it celebrates both the winter world and the growing sunlight after a long period of darkness. There are art installations and light shows and just beautiful blends of culture, nature, and art together. 
Packing for your winter adventure here is not very difficult. I mean, I've talked about this in the past. Layers, layers upon layers. So your base layer, your mid layer, your outer layer, and all, all of those are different than summertime to a degree, just because they're thicker, warmer. Your footwear, of course, uh, always insulated boots with good grip. Micro spikes will be key. This is always going to be something I tell people to bring with them. And I will link to the ones that I buy or have bought, and I use them every year. They're from Amazon. And someone asked me actually to make an Amazon store just to you know showcase other things that I have bought or recommend, because there are things that I actively am using or updating. So that's something I'm thinking about. And if I do do that, I will end up linking it in here as well. But at least for the micro spikes, I will share the ones that I have bought on Amazon that have been great. And I use them with like my mom, with anyone who comes, I always have an extra pair. And I'm going to get more pairs uh, when I go back just for visitors, because they, like my mom, who is you know, in a place where she's not hiking mountains, she's not, you know, and she's definitely not looking to fall on ice. And I'm worried about that for her because, you know, she's a, she's a lovely person and just like you or anyone else in one false step. And it's happened to me. <laughs> and you think you, you think you had it, you think you had that step and it was pretty flat ground, but it was so icy on the sidewalk that you slipped. So we want to keep you intact. Look at those micro spikes. If you want to buy those specifically, or if you have others that you think would work great for you, please use them, but but definitely bring them. Because I've been to waterfalls also where the ice was so thick by there because the water's constantly coming down and it's just freezing when it hits the ground that it's very slick and I've seen people really hurt themselves. Other accessories include gloves, scarves, hats, warm socks, of course. Portable chargers are great. And again, I can link to the one that I've used and... It's mainly because it, a lot of devices end up draining faster in the cold. So having that device on hand and many of the portable chargers end up being able to charge faster than in your car with a USB. And so that's just, you know, something to keep in mind so that you can keep all your devices charged up to get those pictures or videos or whatever it is that you're shooting. Swimwear. Yep. Even in the winter, because those geothermal pools will be calling your name and it is really delightful to take a dip in them any time of the year. Those are just a few of the essentials. And in my free ultimate packing checklist, which is linked uh, in the description of this episode, you can find, download, and be able to utilize. I've split the list into summer and winter. So you're coming in winter. And then eventually when I come back in summer, you already have the list and can reference it and utilize it. So some great resources for winter here. I've talked about keeping up to date with any storm warnings and the best resource for that is safetravel.is. So they talk about storm warnings and possible road closures. They also allow you to submit your travel plan. So in the off chance, and I have to say it is an off chance, even though it's possible, that you lose service or you get injured and you can't call for help. If you have submitted a travel plan on safetravel.is, they will know where you were supposed to be in the country, at least at that time or around there. And that means that they'd be able to find you faster in the event that you actually needed them. So that's just something to, to utilize. It's never hurts. You know, if you already have your itinerary set up to just upload it there. So Safe Travel Dias, like I mentioned, talks about road closures. So does the Road and Coastal Administration. But the added point point is real-time road conditions. So if the road is 
you know, quite icy, snow, snowy, or just condition-wise where it might end up being closed, whatever it is. It just gives you a better idea of what the roads are looking like in the area in which you're planning to travel. And I've already mentioned the weather app that I like, YR.no, this Norwegian app. Some people also use Windy. I think I brought this up in another episode. And I've, I don't really use that one, but um, I've heard that one is really nice too. So feel free to use those. Or if you're liking the Vedur, V-E-D-U-R app that is from the Icelandic Meteorological Office, feel free to use it. As I mentioned, for some reason it's been glitchy with me. If I try to search other places, it doesn't like to show it. I don't know why. I just, I don't make it a big deal. But the Norwegian one, which you can read in English, it recognizes all the places in Iceland and will tell you, and I, and like I mentioned, it's done a great job of being able to predict at least a day in advance, sometimes a few days in advance, and all of the weather apps like that, because the weather in Iceland changes so much. <laughs> so it's not to say that it's perfect, but it's done well for me. Now I'm going to move on to the random fact of the episode. And I mentioned a bit earlier that it can get a little cold during, you know, in winter here, not terribly, but it can get, unfortunately, super cold if we have a cold spell. And last December was for the record books. So according to Iceland Monitor, which is a news platform here, online news platform, last December was the coldest December in the country since 1973, or for almost half a century ago, with an average temperature in the country of negative 4 degrees Celsius or 24.8 degrees Fahrenheit. December has not been as cold in over 100 years in Reykjavik, but the last time it was this cold in the capital area was in December 1916, according to the Met Office. End quote. Yeah, I remember last December. <laughs> that I wasn't expecting that to rhyme, actually. That wasn't intentional, but I remember that and thinking to myself, what is going on right now? Like, why is it? And, and they said an average of negative four around the country. At times, it got down to negative 15 degrees Celsius, which is very cold. And believe me, everybody was complaining. Like there wasn't one person here who was like, you know, you, you just got to dress for it. It's like, yeah, we are dressed for it. <laughs> and it's cold. We're going to stay in the house now. <laughs> right? So that can happen. It's a cold spell. Thankfully, it didn't last the whole month. We did have times where it was pretty cold during the month, but thankfully at some point it did break and we had some times off of it. It really makes you appreciate just any type of warmer weather. So zero degrees Celsius or 32 degrees Fahrenheit became almost summer-like during that time when we had this cold, these cold spells. The Icelandic word of the episode is vetur, vetur, which means winter. And that's in essence just the season, you know, in which I'm talking about. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that it's been helpful for you in terms of getting a sense of what winter in Iceland is like. I think it's absolutely beautiful the raw nature the thrilling adventures and of course the memories that you'll be able to create while you're here it's worth it so just bundle up make sure you have all the right clothing layer as much as you can in order to make it convenient if you have to take off layers and let iceland's winter wonders captivate your soul